Welcome to the Depth Chart Podcast. My name is Freddie Maggard. I'm one of your hosts, along with Nick, uh, Nick Roush in Louisville. Nick, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. I um, I've been kind of groggy the last few days. Uh, it's going it's going back to that diet exercise thing. I just think my body's finally like giving in a little bit and it's like starting to slightly change, and so yeah. it's responding by wanting to sleep more and. You know, huh. it's, it's which I think is a good thing. Like I fell asleep before ten, twice this week, but uh, you know you can't do that if you case playing a basketball game late. But hey, I'm still powering through, chugging along, uh, feeling good, feeling great, ready to take on this podcast, Freddie. Good. Yeah. Are, are you? Did you cut out sugar and bread and all that stuff? Uh, not all the way. I, I mean, you know, I tried to do less of it. I'm drinking black coffee now. Um, there you, you go. Know, and like eating salad for lunch instead of a sandwich but i did i'll admit i had a pb and j and a glass of milk yesterday and it was freaking awesome <laughs> it was so good and you know another old thing freddie the the heels of the heels are actually the best part of the loaf of bread really i used to think they were gross heels are now my favorite especially um if you can make a sandwich with two heels and do like uh, like grill it kind of deal. We got one of them George Foreman's. If you yeah, oh man, it's it's like you're getting um, a bun from Subway or something. It's high it's high class right there. Getting two heels. I'm a big fan of the heels. So that, that that's your nutrition tip uh, tip from Nick Roush today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nick, I thought we could jump into some questions. I got a couple. We'll start with okay uh, from Brian Thornton wants to know which returning player each side of the ball will make the biggest jump in the spring. Oh man. Great question. Great question. I'm hopeful that on defensive side, it's going to be Katie McDaniel because they need it uh, at that Sam linebacker spot without Boogie Watson being around. Um, so I, I'm, I'm hopeful that that's the case on that end. I, you know, I would agree with, with, with that. Uh, I would have to go defensively with Carrington Valentine. Ooh, I think good that, that he, yep. he has to emerge as, as the lockdown corner that Kentucky's had over the last couple of years, you know, with, with, uh, with, with both of its cornerbacks. I mean, this is something that, that we've not talked about. Both starting corners from 2020 uh, have received combine invites. And uh, Daniel Jeremiah, who I think is the, the top NFL personnel uh, evaluator and, and talking head, uh, seemed to be really high on Kelvin Joseph and a lot of buzz about him in the draft. And then Brendan Eccles gets the, gets the combine invite. That's, that's a good thing for both of those guys. But uh, the corner is, is a low-key concern of mine, not so much as far as it's going to be a liability, but just identifying who will be those corners uh, going into 2021. And Carrington Valentine has to make that leap into the lockdown guy. Uh, I got another question. Offensively, uh, who who do we think it could be? Oh crap! I forgot about offense. I mean, I I'm probably going to DBs. I'm probably going to say Upshaw just from a. You know, we've only seen the beginning of what he can do. Yeah, but I mean, you know, there's going to be another receiver that needs to step up as well, and you know, Mark Stoops name dropping Tay Tay Crooms. I think that's really intriguing. Um, ha having any sort of guy with wiggle, you know, can't can't coach speed, Freddie. 
can't coach speed, and, and, and I'm going to go uh, out on the offensive line, and I'm going to go Quentin Wilson at center. Uh, Kentucky's been blessed to have John Toth for four years and Drake Jackson for four years. I feel that Drake Jackson is the best center that, that I've ever seen play at Kentucky. Um, I know a lot of people are going to say, well, Damani Dawson, what Damani play guard. So we've already, that's been discussed at length, but uh, that brings up scuba Hickey's question. When like Toast graduated question. and uh, uh, Drake Jackson became the starter, will that be a difficult transition with Wilson at center? I don't think so. Wilson played guard quite a bit and center this year uh, or 2020. I think, uh, you know, he's a highly intelligent uh, player already graduated in three years. And if you think back, uh, Wilson was the, if I'm not mistaken, the offensive lineman of the year in the state of Ohio coming out highly recruited. Uh, So I I think he's a, he's a plug and play guy. Uh, But when you have a generational player like Drake Jackson, no matter who you plug in there, there's going to be a little bit of a of a learning curve, not only with with uh, with a new offensive scheme, but you're going to have a new center for the first time in a very long time. So uh, there will be some noticeable differences in the games of Quentin and Drake. And, and Quentin's not Drake; he, he's his own individual player. But Quentin Wilson, in my opinion, is the offensive player that needs to have the biggest jump in the spring, in my opinion. Well, in you know, we remember the two or three games before the torch was handed to Drake and there were snapping problems. And that's something, yeah. you, you know, you, you don't, you take for granted until it's gone. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll add that at least in this instance, why I'm comfortable with it is hell, he's already graduated college, you know, yeah. he doesn't have the reps, um, of, of course. Um, but, uh, you know, he's been groomed well for this, yes. this spot. So just, now it's yeah. just a matter of doing it. And also, while we're at it, shout out to Drake for having an exceptional senior bowl week out there. Yeah, he did. Um, so did so did Max Duffy. So, yeah, I mean, you know, with Drake and Duffy. We, and we, we knew Drake wasn't going to have the measurements, Freddie. So I'm glad right. that he got to beat up on Marvin Wilson some. Yeah, um, he did. He did. So, because like that's that that's the stuff that you can't do in a combine or whatever, right? And even though we've seen it on film, that just it's it's his what he put on the tape at the senior bowl and what he did with those coaches, it just reinforces what we already knew about him, absolutely. And I think Drake is a pro, I think Max Duffy's a pro, uh, Phil Hoskins, Landon Young, and then the two corners. I mean, you know, I, of all the UK players right now, seems like the draft buzz is surrounding Kelvin, Kelvin, uh, uh. God dang it! I forgot his name Joseph, already. Yeah, yeah. Kevin Joseph. Yeah. <laughs> Kelvin hey, but Joseph. You're, you're right about Daniel Jeremiah though. If you're gonna follow some, some yeah, draft he's good. There, Mel Kiper, he doesn't know diddly squat. Daniel Jeremiah and uh, Dane Bucky Brewer. Brooks. Yeah, Bucky Brooks. Those are my three yeah. favorites because I don't know if they still do the move the sticks with Bucky and Jeremiah. They do. They, they do. do. Yes, they're really yes. good. And then Dane Brugler is exhaustive with his for the athlete. He does this draft preview, Freddie, and it has. I mean, my goodness! I think I could have been on there. He has so many names on that thing. Uh, I mean, he it it's impressive the the amount of legwork he does. So those those are the kind of three that I I, I tend to lean on. If yeah, me for that sort of stuff going to the draft. Yeah. All right, Nick, you uh, you got a couple questions we can roll through. Yeah, I do got a couple questions. Um, this is uh, I, 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 it was the biggest story uh in the nfl uh when the super bowl wasn't happening but it does have a, con- a kentucky connection and sean asks what about the stafford golf trade 
and a lot of people were bashing golf for holding the Rams back. What does it say about uh, the coaching of, of Liam Cohen out there? That they were still successful. I, I think it says a lot, uh, you know, but, but you have to take everything with a grain of salt. Sometimes when quarterbacks are exiting, stuff gets leaked, you know, and it's, it's the play it's on the player. So I, I don't, you know, I don't know anything about the situation. Mm-hmm. But I do, but I do think that Lee and Cohen did a great job with Jared Goff to get that team to where it was uh, this year and, and 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 before. So I think it speaks volume to the level of quarterback development that we're going to see at Kentucky with Lee and Cohen, and that's something that we've not seen. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, you know, it's 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 almost unfair to evaluate Terry Wilson uh, in the same light as we're going to evaluate uh, Allen and Gatewood in 2021 because they're going to get NFL coaching at a position and development, and I think you're going to see those two guys take tremendous jumps in spring practice. No, you're exactly right. Um, one person, uh, this is from Caleb, and I'm, I'm glad he asked because we, we've got some good ones here. What are positions of need in the next recruiting class now that signing day is over? Top players from Kentucky that UK will pursue. Well, we know one of the big ones is Gavin Wimsett, the quarterback. Yeah. Um, yes. got the wide receiver, Dane Key from Frederick Douglass. Yes. Uh, Grant Bingham, that's a big one, both figuratively and literally. Uh, yes. The offensive lineman from Johnson Central, who I know, uh, Freddie, you're a huge fan of. Like uh, I am. Like I am. sophomore year, like, oh, man, this kid's going to be a stud kind of. Yeah, yeah. I think, in my opinion, when evaluating Grant Bingham, you take, you know, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about evaluations when we get to Trevor Wallace. Mm-hmm. But a so, few things jump off at me at, on film. And one of those in the last couple of years, one of that, one of those instances was when I watched Douglas play with Walker Parks and Jagger Burton at each tackle. Mm-hmm. That was a unique ex- viewing experience as far as tape and fun to watch for me. I think if you combine Jagger Burton, and Walker Parks, you get Grant Bingham. And that's how good I think he can be. And, and I know that the focus is, go- is going to be on uh, the quarterback, Wimpson, who is who's dynamic, mm-hmm. and then Dane Key, who is a difference-making playmaker at receiver. But Grant Bingham, I mean, he, he, is, he is legitimate and, and, and will be, uh, in my opinion, an early impact player wherever he goes. Now, certainly, we, we want that to be Kentucky, but uh, yeah, he, he he can go. Yeah. And then Ty Bryant, Ty Bryant is a, is an all around athlete, defensive back at Frederick Douglass, the son of Cisco Bryant, is another in state player. Yeah, uh, that Kentucky and Travion and Travion yeah, from uh, Woods, right? Cor- Cor- yeah, at Corbin is another four star. So there's 2022 a- could be a monster year of in state recruiting for Kentucky well, and. Uh, it, yeah, and he, I mean, even Vince Merrill's all over it. Xavier Brown from LCA, he doesn't have yeah. an offer yet from UK, but he's one that I think he'll end up being in the mix. Uh, Joker offered him when he was at Maryland, but he's he since moved on. But Xavier Brown's really good. In yep. the class below him, teammates, and I mean, this is, is, is I guess Corbin's 3A now. This is 3A football, LCA and Corbin. Uh, you've got Marty Moore's kid, Mason Moore at LCA, yeah. who's a great athlete. And then uh, down at Corbin, is it Dakota Patterson? Who's just my God? I somebody sent me a picture of him in the weight room the other day. 
he's just going to be a junior. He's 15 years old. He looks 20. <laughs> I mean, he is yeah. on another level. He plays tight end and linebacker for him. I mean, the kid, it, Freddie, we're going to see some videos of him next year where he's going to be tackling people and it's like he shouldn't be on the same field as that guy like it, it's just yeah. it's not fair and that's a name um you know to, to to keep an eye on in the years to come i think he's going to be he, he's one of those other ones too freddie like, like you talked about being and michael mayer was that way where they yeah. just they just look like they're on they're in a different stratosphere uh dakota patterson's going to be that uh, for corbin here over the next couple of years yeah, Kentucky's on a hot streak as far as in-state recruiting with Vince Merrill, and I think I think that will continue into 2022 class. Uh, so yeah, keep your eye. This this class next year of in-state players uh, could be one of the better groups that we've seen at, in, within in Kentucky. So mm-hmm. uh, cat, cat, the Cats got to got to close the borders down this year, and, and that's something uh, you know we'll we'll trans we'll transition straight into. The February Ooh, signing day. I've, I've got one more question, Freddie. Okay, Sorry. This is very important. We need a definitive answer on this. Okay. Um, what's the difference between hammer pants and parachute pants? What is the breakdancing aficionado's preferred leg garment? Parachute pants for me. Hammer pants were baggy uh, on the thighs mm-hmm. and then, you know, get, get more narrow towards the ankle. Okay. Uh, and then the crotch was really low. Right, uh, right. So I, I prefer parachute pants because are parachute by uh, like the the calves are real big. No, parachute pants are are are, are kind of like uh, spandex, you know, kind of fitting tight fitting pants that were slick and aerodynamic and oh, provided okay. the best the best equipment to wear when breakdancing in the eighties were parachute pants because of the texture. You could really slide really, really well on cardboard or another any other hard surface. So gotcha. I'm going parachute pants all day. I would think that the hammer pants. There's so much material there that you can like, yeah, you can almost you get, get like twisted yeah. up in it. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah. Great, great, great and, and, question by Bully's Belly, though. We needed it was on that. Yeah, it was. And, and and hammer pants also were so baggy that you know if you had a good move, that the bagginess may conceal a good move. So you know you want uh, you want everything. Yeah. On full show, you know, so, yeah. All right, Nick, let's transition to signing day. You know, February signing day was anticlimactic uh, at, at a lot of places. Kentucky landed two linebackers. Luke Fulton, a transfer from Michigan State, originally from Cardinal Mooney High School. Uh, you know, as a high school player, he was the number two inside linebacker out of the state of Ohio. Nationally, he was in that 19 to 20 range as far as inside linebackers. So this this is a good pickup for Kentucky at, at a position that needs needs depth because the inside linebackers get beat up pretty good. And we've seen DeAndre Square with some shoulder issues. So depth is is, is always going to be critical there. But Luke Fulton is a nice pickup. And then and then the big one, yep. uh, tra- uh, tra- you know, Trevin Wallace. Uh, yeah, I, I've, I've had a lot of people reach out to me. Uh, you know, when I said, in, in my words, the most impressive high school tape of a UK signee that I've ever evaluated. Now, let, let's think about how, how that was worded. Most impressive. That is a very subjective term, impressive. Why did I like this film so much? One thing, when I watch various films of, tapes of Trevor Wallace, 
I didn't see him running around in t-shirt and shorts and that goofy bicycle helmet on. <laughs> what I was impressed with was his play on the field and the elite level that he played at quarterback, running back, receiver, punt returner, kick returner, all spots as linebacker and defensive back. He starred in every role. He excelled at every role. So hey, Freddie, for me, I like multi-positional players. He, he played so and, many positions, Freddie, that I, it was almost hard finding linebacker tape. You know, it, it really was. I mean, <laughs> you know, and, and when he played linebacker, a lot of times he played outside linebacker. Yeah, he's projected as an inside linebacker. So my thing was, this tape is what I love about football. You have an elite player that doesn't that 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 is team focused that will play every position on the field to help his team win. His last high school game, he rushed for 386 yards and played every snap on defense, return kicks and punts. That is getting it done. That is, and you know, we can talk measurables all day, 6'2", 210 plus. He looked, he looked a little big, bigger than yeah. 209 to me. He, he's up to 220 now from, okay, from that's what folks what I, are telling me. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. at least 220 now. Yeah. The and that's 210. without getting uh, Coach Ed and Coach Hill on him, you know. Yeah. Like. <laughs> so, so, let me put it this way. Lynn Bowden's tape was incredible. But I saw a lot of what Lynn Bowden do. I saw – Trevor Wallace do at 6'2", 220 pounds. Yeah. Yo, yo, you're exactly right, Freddie. I mean, the let's go – instead of going from one side of the field to the other, he would, like, jet sweep around him and go 80. Yeah. But yeah. Was, you're right. He was doing Lynn Bowden stuff at twice at, the weight and then yeah. also, uh, you know, strip sacks. <laughs> yeah. And, it, you know, I saw him run down players and, and, and force fumbles 40 yards downfield. I mean, think, and I was stationed at, right next to Jessup, Georgia. Right next to Fort Stewart is between Ludowisi and Jessup. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I I know the football from there. I Which live is, down uh, there. Jamin it's Davis. very good. Jamin Davis, yeah. Ludowisi. Exactly. So it's very good. So to see him do what he did against Georgia competition at that high level at all mm-hmm. positions, I mean, I, I, I fell in love with the tape. I, I could have watched tape of him all day playing the game of football. What position is it? He's a football player once once you get all that talent and that twitchiness and that speed and that explosiveness the instinct he is a quick processor he's highly highly intelligent on the football field once you get that focus into one position you're going to see this kid take off now is he going to be the best player ever I'm not saying that I'm just saying that his high school tape impressed me more than anybody's high school tape that I've watched that has signed with Kentucky. And, you know, that I put it right there with Lynn Bowden. So, Bowden, Wondell Robinson is, is in that stratosphere mm-hmm. as far as tape that jumped out. Yeah, Jagger but, but does I, some things like that. Jagger does From an athletic like, standpoint. Yeah, I mean – But the, it, but the thing – But too, all Freddie, positions is what got me, man. I mean, that, that – yeah. And, and like, like you said, too, you can see the instincts where – even though he's not, you know, pigeonholed in as a linebacker, he's at least playing smart football where he's not tap dancing around. Like he recognizes the play. He goes to the spot where the opponent's going to be and he makes the play. Exactly. And so uh, 
I, I know whenever we look at, you know, trying to project exactly what he'll be in the immediate future is difficult, but you better believe he's going to be busting some heads on special teams. Uh, Vito <laughs> yeah. Tisdale 2.0. He's going to yeah. be just raising all kinds of hell on special teams. And I, I'm curious, just at the linebackers in general, I think that they're just going to start him at my, like, he could do a lot, but I think it would be wise to just put him at Mike and keep him there because, I mean, Jamin Davis, who grew up in the county next to him, like you said, I mean, they're practically next-door neighbors. We saw what Jamin was this year. He was freaking jack rock, ready to roll. Jamin was 30 pounds lighter as a high school senior. Yeah, you know, like was. You can – I mean, it, what's great, Freddie, he's only scratched the surface. He's got the instincts. He can be yeah. – all-time great at linebacker yeah yeah he 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 has all the tools to develop into a special player now will he do that i think so but we'll see as of right now nick rouse i have more college football tackles than trevin wallace does i have record <laughs> i have registered more tackles than he has is it also so, interception or uh, yeah, 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 yeah special teams and interception yes so <laughs> But anyway, I mean, I hate you know, bust you, Freddie, I no, that, 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 yeah, no, yeah. I, I, I chased down a dude from Indiana one time and caught him on like the 10. He was really <laughs> mad that I did that, but I was not going to throw another pick six. Uh, but anyway, you know, this is projection. This is all projection. Now he's going to have, I will say this, it, once he settles into that linebacker position, there's a lot of technique that he's going to have to learn because mm-hmm. he had to play so many positions that he's not he's not had the opportunity to dial in at one. Mm-hmm. So when I said most impressive, I meant that that's what I meant because of all the things that he did at that size just blew right. my mind. The well, same way that Lynn Bowden's tape did, the same way that Jagger Burton's tape did. I can even say the same way that uh, uh, Drake Jackson's tape did. You know, the, the, these, these are positional players. Lynn Bowden did it all in Youngstown. Wandell Robinson did it all for Western Hills. But Trevin Wallace did it all for Wayne County at 6'2", 220 pounds. To me, that is just that that yeah. is just off the chart impressive. And I, and I think one thing that's important to note, too, is as much as we revere what Len Bowden did at UK, you know, it took him, what, six games before he really got rolling as a freshman? Now, granted, yeah. he was a, a late arrival, but uh, the, in the same sense that Len had to learn how to be a receiver – as a true freshman, yes. Wallace is going to have to learn how to be a linebacker. So, I think they're very excited. We can be really excited today, but once the season gets here, know that it's just enjoy those. It's going to take hits. some time. Kind of like how yeah, with Vito Tisdale, you know, he plays a really tough position to learn and nickel, but he's busting some heads in the play in the chances that he's getting. And I, I think we're going to see something similar with Wallace. I, I think, I think you hit it. I think you hit it out of the park with that, Nick. The similarities of, Lynn Bowden had to do so many things in high school that, that he had to learn to play the position of, of receiver is a, is the same analogy as Trevin Wallace is going to have to play a challenging position of inside linebacker in the Southeastern Conference because things are going to happen a lot faster. Offensive linemen are obviously bigger, stronger, faster, uh, and running backs are harder to get on the ground. Receivers are harder to cover the whole thing. But, uh, I, yeah, give him time, and, and let's just see how this plays out. But – I cannot tell you how impressive his tape was. Uh, next thing I want to talk about is Wondell Robinson. I think I think he's gotten lost in the shuffle a little bit, uh, you know, with, with with Wallace coming up. But the impact of Wondell Robinson is going to have on this football team mm-hmm. 
is is going to be tremendous. Uh, I think Wandell is a dynamic playmaker. I think he is what's been missing from that Kentucky offense. I think he's a he's already a, has to be a starter as a, as a receiver and and a returner. And, and I would I would argue that he is the the leader leader right now as far as the Paul Horning Award as far as you know preseason projections. So the, Wandell Robinson is a special football player that that we should appreciate because I think we'll probably just see him one year here at Kentucky and, and that's okay uh, we you know I, I personally am all four guys going pro and whenever they feel they're ready and hope they do great things so uh but but, but what he brings is, is is a dynamic playmaker with that's fast that can stretch the football field and, and what it does, what it's going to do is just going to loosen that box for Chris Rodriguez on that on that zone run scheme. And, and I think that we cannot understate the importance that Wandell Robinson will have uh, as a Wildcat in 2021. Uh, yeah. It, and it's one of those things that we do kind of – it gets a little glossed over because it just so much is happening, Freddie. But – whoo. <laughs> yeah it's good good to have one deal uh and that's, that's what's fun about all of us too i mean you know we're we're sitting here in february yeah we're, we're talking about it you know just think about this think of a, a multiple tight end set with with justin rig and and keaton upshaw on one side uh and then uh, wandell robinson and slot on the other I mean, pick your poison there. I mean, that that that's automatically going to loosen the box and, and cause linebackers, nickel players, and, and strong safeties to make a choice. And they didn't have to make a choice last year. They played the run. Uh, you know, ha- have some eyes on uh, Josh Ali and, and later on make sure Upshaw didn't hurt you. But, you know, we saw what Mississippi State on down the road just, just packed the box, even North Carolina State. And uh, Kentucky was able to have success on the run game. Uh, you know, Kentucky finished third in the SEC in rushing. I, you know, I think that's a fact that that gets looked over as well because of the passing game struggles. But Kentucky, even though every opponent knew Kentucky was going to run the football, still finished third in the SEC in rushing. I think that's a tremendous uh, accomplishment. And, and, and I cannot wait to see Chris Rodriguez take off in this new offense because I think he's going to burst onto the national scene. Matter of fact, I wrote about that and who is Chris Rodriguez and people in the SEC know him, but I, I think he, he's, you know, people nationally are going to know who he is early on, uh, especially in, in the first game against Louisiana Monroe. Rodriguez will probably run crazy in the, against them. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then Missouri and on, on throughout the season, but, uh, yeah, I think he's ready to take off as well. Uh, the next subject, Nick Roush. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Vince Merrill and John Sumrall. Man. Whew. How how important is Vince Merrill to this Kentucky football program? Man, I mean, how big of an addition was Sumrall, too? Yeah. Like, I mean, it, Vince has made it to where – we we almost take for granted what he's been able to yes. do. Uh-huh. Um, and but it is so important to secure the best of the state. I mean, Jordan Dingle didn't see that one coming at all. And yeah. <laughs> to have a guy like that be brought in. And in what what makes what Vince does so important to Freddie is that 
then you can let John Summerall go out and go get a big fish or two and kind of fill in the, the blanks here and there. And yeah, I, he, I think he's exceeded expectations on that in that regard. Oh my goodness. Well, let's just look at this class with Vince. And, and again, I, I think, I think, you know, that I meant <clears throat> he's so good at his job that sometimes we take it for granted. And, and I don't think that we need to do that in this class alone. If my math is correct, Vince signed 11 players. 11. It's a lot. Jagger Burton, Jordan Lovett, Wallabaugh, Lavelle Wright, DeKell Kratos, Jordan Dingle, Justice Dingle, Wandell Robinson, Jamarius Dinkins, Paul Rodriguez, and Luke Fulton. 11 of this class were recruited by Vince Merrill. Oh, did you hear Justice Dingle too? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How about that? I mean, that that's getting it done. And, and there's a player that, you know, we're talking about Wandell, we're talking about Jagger, we're talking about uh, uh, Wallace and, and all the way down to Ross. Justice Dingle may be the missing piece at the Jack linebacker position. I read somewhere where he's, he's already around 250. If he's at that weight, then he is your Jack linebacker. He is He's going to mm-hmm. fill that role. As as that that especially strong while, outside linebacker, especially while we rehabs, because yeah, you know, I, I I it's not like I've heard anything or anything, but like an ACL getting back in nine months might be pushing it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, and, and, they, they vary, but you, it's not. You, you would like to have somebody else there to where he can slowly kind of work his way back in. Yeah, know? yeah, because yeah, the other side you got Jordan Wright and and, and JJ Weaver. And on the, on the strong side, you have Justice Dingle, if that's the position he's going to play, and KD McDaniel, and that's it until until somebody else surfaces there. So uh, Justice Dingle was a huge pickup. But and then John Sumrall, like you said, just a he, well, he, first of all, he's a really good linebacker coach. Look what he did with Jamin Davis, and look what he's done yeah. with DeAndre Square. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that that's one thing. But as a recruiter, Chauncey Magwood. Trevin Wallace, Christian Lewis, Martez mm-hmm. Thrower, Khalil Saunders. That's five, if my math is correct. So 16 from Summerall and Morrow in this class. Uh, that, that, that's a high percentage for those two guys. And, and in, they're – In to do it too, like Summerall, a lot of those guys, they're going up against the big dogs, you know. Yeah, I mean, look at Christian Lewis and, and, and Trevin Wallace. I mean, you're going against Georgia and Auburn and – and those folks is for Wallace, and then Lewis had everybody come on late. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think he's doing a great job that that needs to be recognized. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 a good situation for Kentucky to have Vince in the Commonwealth and in Ohio, and then spot duty wherever needed, and then having some raw in the South along with Amwar Stewart now getting into Atlanta, Clink in Detroit, and Nashville. Uh, Kentucky's got some good recruiters out there. And, uh, you know, this class is not going to be ranked very high as far as the SEC or, or nationally. But you have to look at you had a late rating for Devontae Ross and you signed a punter. Okay, automatically that that will right, that will lower right. lower the level of the rating system uh, for your class. So uh, I think it's a good one. I think it's a good class. It's a solid class. Uh, that filled some needs, especially at linebacker. 
especially at receiver with Wondell Robinson and, and the four receivers that were signed in this class, plus tied in with Jordan Dingle, I think needs were filled there. Uh, defensive line, got to get longer. Maybe Khalil Saunders or, or, or Jamaris Dinkins, one of those guys will could push for early playing time because they are – they do have the length that Kentucky's missing right now because along the defensive front, most of the players are around 6'2". So you have to put hands in the eyes of the quarterbacks, and, and that's going to be a need. Somebody asked about the need for recruiting. It's defensive line as far as a, a, a long, tall defensive end or a pass rusher. Everybody's mm-hmm. looking for that, but that's something that Kentucky's going to have to address uh, in this next class. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I uh... – I mean, you hit a lot right there, Freddie. My head's. I did, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you, sometimes you get in your zone. You just got to go. Um, I know, also, man. Also, got distracted too because when you mentioned Georgia, um, and there was somebody who asked about South Carolina. You know, because they're going to be preseason. What are how are people at SEC Media Days going to handle Will Muschamp being on the same staff as Kirby Smart? Is Georgia just going to be the best <laughs> team in the history of? the sport of teams of football yeah i mean yeah they're, they're, they're the dream team now right yeah yeah they have to be yeah it's also uh, funny that kirby's trying to do the nick saban rehab thing you know yeah yeah i like that <laughs> yeah i like that because kirby's must change is going to be you know um what do you call it the like uh director of some quality yeah who's he what's it yeah yeah saban keeps hiring nfl coaches and and you know, as if Alabama needed talent, Nick Roush, Alabama just signed the best class in the history of recruiting. I know. And they got, and, I mean, uh, and they Doug, Doug Marone yesterday. was a head coach in the AFC championship game like three years ago. And now he's going to be their offensive line coach. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. crazy. That is a machine in Tuscaloosa. Yeah. An absolute machine that they got going on. Down and the thing there. is, too, it's is just like, different. He ain't going to say ain't slowing down anytime soon either. No. No, I mean, why would he? I mean, he's got he's got the the biggest staff and the best players in college football. I mean, he's at a point that he can just manage all that, and, and I think he does it well. I think he's done it better than anybody in the history of the game. I mean, and that that says a lot. But uh, you know, when you have that that many minds that are game planning, that are scouting, that are evaluating personnel, that are just everything and with the best players i mean it's just it's just a different level i mean alabama is just different i mean it, it they are just different uh so you know mm-hmm. everybody else is playing catch up it's alabama's world and we all have to live in it that's just the way it is yeah yeah freddie I'm, I'm curious i know we've been talking about dieting a lot um but you know that goes all out the window super bowl sunday is there a snack of choice that you are that you prefer while watching your your football nachos yeah <laughs> I, i'm a i'm a i'm a big fan of nachos or just dips in general like the buffalo chicken dip you know yeah uh, that stuff's good or like a five layer dip um any Anything like that, Freddie? You're you're exactly. Right. Do you do you put anything in particular on your nachos, or is it just old school like nacho cheese? Uh, no, I put uh, uh, jalapenos on there. Yeah, uh, I put olives on my nachos. Ooh, not an olive guy. Okay, uh, I'm fine. a huge olive guy. Yeah, I put a little bit of everything on mine. 
I, I haven't I really become don't. a sour cream guy. Where yeah, sour cream and salsa is really good. Uh, yeah, no, I, sour cream is a must. I mean, you got to get that, especially uh, when very, you get a spicy jalapeno bite. You know, it kind of yeah, you got to get out a little bit. Yeah, you got to get the variation in taste. Uh, but Man. I will say this, Nick, mm-hmm. in all your travels, mm-hmm. you need to stop in Versailles one day and eat at uh, uh, Takara Becerra restaurant. B-E-C-E-R-R-A, Becerra. Okay. uh, Has the best queso in the history of queso. Oh, wow. That's a bold statement, Freddie. You're willing to stand by that? On my cheat day, I'm a creature of habit. I go there. I have queso and chips, and I have a, a chorizo burrito. Oh, man. I love chorizo. Yeah, it's a, it's a little on the greasy side, but man, it is so good, nice and spicy. Mm. Th- that's what I that that is going to be my Super Bowl meal this year. Oh, uh, yeah, good call, good call. It, it is a great. It's my all-time favorite Mexican restaurant by far, hands down. Case closed, and uh, yeah, it's in Versailles, and, and and this is a non-paid advertisement, by the way. But yeah. right, right. Now, if I, you uh, want to, we'll talk about them. Uh, yeah, later. we'll talk about it later. But yeah, I uh, <laughs> that that that's going to be my Super Bowl meal. Man, I'm I I love Super Bowl, Freddie, because it's I feel like, especially after the holiday season, you know, you get the 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 come down happens so abruptly that it's hard to readjust and i feel like the super bowl is a good way for me to have not only something to look forward to but there's so much other stuff that goes on around it that i just i love it i absolutely love yeah. watching the super bowl i, I do too and then this last weekend was pretty tough because uk game got moved to yeah. last night and then there was no football mm-hmm. uh it was pretty tough but man last night was was hard to watch mm, yeah mm-hmm. you know more the same but so I'm looking for the watch. Super Bowl. Is uh yeah, Mahomes is going to do it, right? Yeah, I'm t- like, I'm taking the Chiefs. I, I think I think Kansas City's just got too many weapons offensively. The Bucks, the Bucks defense will probably. I hope they keep them in it. Um, yeah, I think most importantly, I I would love for a good old fashioned kind of shootout. You know. Yeah. Uh, uh, here here's here's my desired outcome. I want Mike Edwards to play the best game of his life, but. I kind of want the Chiefs to win, you know. I, I really like Mahomes. Uh, you know, I just think they're they're they have too many weapons. Kelsey's cool. is unstoppable. Uh, Hill unstoppable. I mean, they, they, Mahomes is is in a different stratosphere than anybody ever. Well, so. and part of it for me too, Freddie, is that like as much as we love to, like, I feel like there's there's a part of us that loves to hate on greatness. Yeah. But hating Tom Brady in the way that the Patriots did it, the Chiefs do it in a much more likable way because, A, yeah. they're in Kansas City. You know, it's middle America. They hadn't won it forever. Andy Reid's their coach. He's a big old walrus, you know, with his face shield on over there. And also the way that they, they have so much fun. Uh, it goes yeah. back to watching Trevin Wallace's film. Like, they're over there doing stuff that you would see in, like, the replacements where they're, like – they're like set, but then they all at once roll out and do something different, get in a different formation, you know, yeah. underhand passes. Like it's just so much fun. And, yeah. and I, I think that for, for Mahomes legacy, you know, he's going to be compared to 
I think first Rodgers because of just how pretty of a ball they throw. But if he keeps doing this, he's going to get paired, compared to Brady when it comes to Super Bowls. He's got to beat Brady in the Super Bowl. Like that, he does. That, that'll be the ultimate feather in his cap, you know, 30 years from now. Hey, I love Tom Brady. I love watching him play. I mean, I, I, I mean, he's he's the goat, man. I mean, and I, it's going to be difficult for Mahomes if, if the Chiefs do win on Sunday to to get to six Super Bowl rings like Brady has. Yeah, yeah. Tough. yeah I mean, one is extremely difficult, but six Just to go to six. I yeah, mean, Brady's it, been to like twenty percent of all Super Bowls. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, and I respect his game and love his game. Uh, but I just think the Chiefs have too much, uh, mm. you know. With, Here's with a question for you. But you, you look in the AFC, there are three teams that are young and fun to watch. Kansas City being one. Two is Cleveland. Yeah. And three, three is Buffalo. Right. I mean, I don't see the NFC winning a Super Bowl for quite some time. Just put it that way. Now – here, here is something. Hear me out here, because I was going to ask you if this is Brady's last Super Bowl, and I think I'm going to answer the question by saying, I actually think the Bucks could be better next year because I, do too. I felt like they didn't really click until, I mean, the end of the season. I still don't know if we've seen their best football now, the, the, excluding that NFC Championship game. They really did put it together against the Packers. The defense really showed up, but. They've got a ton of weapons, so like I actually think that they could. I think Brady could get one more in him if he doesn't just win one now and ride off in the sunset. Yeah, and that that would be fun to watch because every time Tom Brady steps on the field, we're watching history be made, no matter win, lose, or draw. So, you know, it, it, it's a fun time to be a football fan right now, uh, and then to see. Mahomes, every every time he comes on the field, you know we're seeing greatness. We're seeing we're seeing all time greatness, and and then Brady every time that he breaks the huddle, we're seeing all time greatness. So I think Sunday will be a celebration of the game of football, and and I'm excited for it. Uh, one last thing, Nick, to get to, I think uh, I want to talk about mm-hmm. is is Jagger Burton. Yep. I think I think Jagger Burton has the ability to play all five positions at Kentucky along the offensive line. Uh, much like Trevin Wallace, I think the versatility of Jagger Burton is something that we're going to grow to appreciate over the course of his career. Uh, where he'll play next year, I don't know. Uh, there's you know Darren Kennard moving to left tackle and he is handed at that, so that leaves a spot at right tackle. I think mm-hmm. that is a perfect fit uh, for Jagger to work into. Uh, you know there there's still a lot of players that uh, they're going to be ahead of him. He's going to have to to beat out to play at every position. Um, so I, I think you know you have a, you have two locks at starting three locks at starting positions on the offensive line. Darren Kennard at left tackle, if that's where he plays. Luke Fortner at guard and Quentin Wilson at center. I think there will be competition at left guard and right tackle. Austin Dotson will will have an early lead on that starting guard role, and he's deservingly – deservingly so. I mean, he he has earned that spot. But right tackle, 
Uh, Nasir Watkins is back. Will be uh, is projected to be back from injury. Mm-hmm. You have Buford there. Uh, uh, Jeremy Flax, the 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 highly regarded junior college transfer. You know, we could see him rotate in there, or he could, yeah. you know, just wherever it may be. But I think I think I think Jagger Burton will play as a true freshman. Where I don't know, and it could be multiple roles. Uh, but but his diversity in regards to position is the same that Trevin Wallace brings to the defense. So I think those are two unique signees on each side of the football, Jagger Burton on offense and uh, Trevin Wallace on defense. Oh, man. Signing day doesn't quite hit the same, Freddie, but uh, it nevertheless was a huge day for Kentucky football. Yeah, it was. It was, and, and, and you know, Kentucky has some momentum going into winter workouts and, and spring practice. And now, right now, they're probably working on install for the offense, and, mm-hmm. and that's, and then uh, you know, you're going to have to have to have to get some pass rush somewhere, right, from, right, from right. somebody, and that, that, that those are little things that are going to be worked on. But I think Kentucky's in a good spot right now, going into winter workouts, and then leading into spring practice so it's going to be interesting and hopefully hopefully for the fans the spring game will be open at some capacity uh i think it will. I, yeah if i hope so regular games you know why not a spring game yeah and and with with the quarterback situation and and, and jagger and wandale and 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 justice dingle and and some of those guys that are on campus now mm-hmm. uh there's new, a lot of new completely faces. new offense, you know. Yeah, new offense. There's a lot of newness with this Kentucky football team that brings excitement, and I know it's 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 ratcheted up my excitement level. Uh, just you know, from the new offense and some of these new players, I'm excited to see that. I'm excited to to break down and and break down the the spring game into what we see. Even though you can't put a lot of stock in the spring game, but you can tell the athletes that jump off the off the, off the field at you as far as, okay, man, this guy's gotten bigger, stronger, and faster, or, okay, playing this guy at this position, that makes a lot of sense now. And then, you know, anytime you have a quarterback competition, interest is going to be peaked. Uh, and Kentucky does have a true quarterback competition with, with Bo Allen and Joey Gatewood, and that's going to be fun to watch as well. Can't wait. <laughs> really can't. I can't uh, either. And I think, I think Kentucky fans are – are truly excited, uh, and, and, and as they should be, I, I think they're excited to to see the newness as well. Yeah, and uh, not only the I can tell the excitement, Freddie, because people are still eating up two and three podcasts a week from us, and I just can't thank you enough for listening to this podcast. Absolutely, 11, yeah. Now the KSR Football Podcast, which if you haven't listened to this week, Brent Wayne's got talked to Chris Matthews for about an hour and you know you might remember him from the year where he him and randall cobb tore it up he had about 14 catches in that south carolina game that took down spurrier but he he talked at length about his one shiny i mean you want to talk about a, a quick burn rise to stardom i mean dude caught his only nfl passes for four passes receptions for 100 yards and a touchdown in the super bowl Almost yeah. a Super Bowl MVP. I mean, it's a wild ride. He goes through it all, and like, I just, I can't imagine being in his shoes. It, it was, it was really cool, Freddie. So yeah, that's uh, great. So that's thanks to stuff. everybody for 
for for sticking with us through all this and for for continuing to join us um it it does just kind of warm my heart a little bit whenever you ask for football questions in february and there's 30 of them <laughs> you know like it's it's, yeah. it's still wild to me so thank you yeah. much, everybody yeah appreciate it just uh what like us subscribe to us and tell your friends about us and hopefully we'll we'll catch you this time next week so yeah. enjoy the super bowl enjoy the super bowl